0: Good to see everybody today. Great day to be in the house of the Lord. I got a few announcements before we, before we get too far along. Uh, let's see, I do want to mention to you, uh, if, you uh, if you need to use your restroom, I encourage you to do that prior to the service if you can. And if you can't, well, if you can... If you can wait till the end of the service, that'd be great. Same with getting a drink or whatever the case may be. And I, I really ask you, please do, try not to be moving around and leaving during, during the altar call. It's an extremely important time of, of the service. And, uh, and, and to, to me, it just, it's, it's really simple. Uh, you know, I hope and pray that throughout the service that the Lord is ministering to people. I hope and pray that he's talking to hearts and tapping on people's hearts and and ministering to people. And there's one thing that we don't want to do. We definitely don't want to interrupt a conversation that God is having with an individual. Well, that would be very rude. And we we certainly don't want to be rude in the presence of God, do we? No, 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 we don't. So so I encourage you to just just be respectful for the presence of God. and, And we should be so thankful here to here at the church. Uh, there was a couple here that visited here uh, last week and uh, one of their comments was, uh, well, the Orteville Church still has the presence of God and, and we certainly don't want to take that for granted. We want to honor the presence of God and bask in his glory. Amen. Isn't that right? Amen. That's right. You know, when uh, when men of authority, whether it's the president or Whoever it may be, men of authority, you know, uh, everybody pays attention. And we should be the same way whenever the presence of God is here because of the great changes that he can make in our lives. Hey, I do, uh, do want to make sure, uh, keep the deer hunters in your prayers because you all know this is a dangerous time of year. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you, I did see some good uh, posts on Facebook, some monster deers being being got, uh, but also climbing the deer stands and different things. So, I encourage you to to pray for them and watch out for them and continue to pray for the Talbert and the Wallace family. Uh, LaDonna Talbert's uh, funeral was yesterday. And I also want to thank the Orchardville Church for showing up and taking uh, desserts to the church. And then many of the ladies... Uh, helped during this during the meal time, so thank you all for that. So so God bless you all. Hey, I want to share something. I read this uh, I read this joke this week and and I thought it was funny. I'd like to pass it on to you. And there was this retired preacher, and he had preached for twenty five years at at the same church, and he lived in the parsonage and stuff. And so he is moving out of the parsonage and. He was clearing everything out, and he went in there, and he had his bedroom all cleaned out, but he looked underneath the bed, and there was a small basket underneath the bed, and he looked in there, and there was $10,000 and five eggs, and he hired his wife and said, hey, honey, what in the world is these five eggs and $10,000 doing underneath my bed? And she said, well, honey, every time you would preach a, a bad sermon, I would put an egg in that basket. You know, about that time, well, he, you know, 25 years and a few, five bad sermons, that's pretty good. So he was all puffed up, and he said, yeah, honey, but what about the $10,000? And she said, well, honey, every time I got a dozen, I sold them. And <laughs> And it added up to ten thousand dollars. So, you know what? Maybe we should do that, Chris. Man, if we could end up with ten thousand dollars toward retirement. <laughs> oh, what a lovely, what a sweet wife. She said we wouldn't. And I could see the compassion. We wouldn't, honey. We wouldn't. <laughs> oh, I love my family. So, uh, so God, God bless. God bless everybody for helping uh, through the times of ministry. That's what it's all about, times of ministry. Last week I I preached on being free and some of the resistance, the things that we had to resist in order to be free. And I talked about we must resist the world and worldly influences, whether it's TV or or the internet, or our friends, whatever the case may be. And I mentioned that we have to, re- we must resist the flesh, because the flesh doesn't want to do right. It doesn't want to follow God. It doesn't want to listen to the Holy Spirit, but it wants to do its own thing. And in order for, in order for us to be free, we have, we need to resist those things. Then I mentioned that we need to resist the spiritual forces, because we do have an enemy that prowls around like a lion and wants to destroy us. So those are three things that we must resist to be free. And then I went ahead and mentioned, we, we looked in John, in the Gospel of John, where Jesus said, if you will continue in my teaching, you shall be free. And, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about this morning. This is a continuation of teaching. I've been here for a little over a year and a half, and uh, I share little tidbits and stuff on, on Sunday morning concerning tithes and offerings. But I, I have, this is the first time I will preach a sermon on it. So just look at this as a continuation of the teaching of Jesus Christ, okay? It's just, uh, it's just more. Jesus said, if you will continue in my teaching, you will truly be free. You know, and and I don't know if any of us are truly free in every area of our lives, are we? I mean, I I know I'm free in lots of areas, but I know there's other areas that I'm not quite so free in. Are am I the same way? Are you in that way? So see, there's areas that we are free, but we're probably not free in every area. So if if you're not free in the area of tithes and offerings and trusting God with your finances, don't get all shook up about it. It's just an area that you need to grow in, is all it is. It's just an area that you need to see what the Word of God says about it. But let me me go on and say that just like anything else in the Word of God, anytime you are obedient to God, He will bless you for it. You guys aren't listening. Anytime you are obedient to God, He will bless you for it. That's just, that's just, hey, zero. One. One. Zero. zero, all right. So if, if you've got your Bible saying, I hope you do, Matthew 14, 15, Matthew 14, 15, this is such a powerful, powerful scripture, but you know what happens so much of the time, this is a five loaves and the two fish where Jesus fed 5,000. But if we just read over this quickly, we, we will miss so many powerful truths in this scripture. Matthew 14, 15 is where we'll start. Before I read that, you know, it's one thing to get free. I've seen Oh my goodness. I will go with hundreds. I've seen hundreds of people get free. But you know what the next part part is? Staying free. I can't tell you how many people I've seen come and get free for a month, two months, six months, not just at this church, but many other churches, but they don't stay free. They get free And God starts to bless them and pour out his blessings upon them and you can see it and they know it. But they have trouble staying free. Well, God wants us to stay free, right? Be free and then stay free. And that's that's partly what this sermon, uh, I want to make sure that we do with this sermon. Make sure you understand that this is part of staying free. You know, it's one thing to get to the top of your profession. It's another thing to stay there. Yeah. Tiger Woods, for a long period of time, he is at the top of his profession. But guess what? He's not there no more. Albert Pujols, for a long time, was at the top of his profession. But guess what? It's hard to stay there once you get there. Unless we continue in his teaching. And if we will continue in his teaching, we will stay free. Amen. Amen. And there's great things in store for us when we're able to stay free. Matthew 14, 15, it says, When evening was come, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late, so send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we, uh, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, Jesus said, bring them to me. Verse 19, ordering the people to sit down on the grass He took the five loaves and two fish and looking upward toward heaven, he blessed the food and breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowd and they all ate and were satisfied and they picked up what was left over and the broken pieces was 12 baskets full and there were about 5,000 men who ate besides the women and children. Now, think about this just for a moment. They're out on, in, a, out in the wilderness. There was nothing edible around them. There was no, no, uh, no villages, no storehouse. They was out in the middle of nowhere. And there was 5,000 people. You know, and sometimes we see... We see these pictures or maybe even in in the movies, we see Jesus walking down the road and there's 10 or 15 or 20 people behind him. Well, that's just not the way it was at all. Wherever Jesus went, people followed. And there's a reason they followed because they sensed the presence of God. They knew, they knew in their heart that this man was just not a normal man. He was just not a Pharisee that was teaching, was teaching them. So let's go back to verse 15 for just a minute. It says, when evening had come, the disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away so that they may go to the village and buy some food for themselves.'" Verse 16, but Jesus said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now, notice this, and this is true with us here today. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, right? And the Holy Spirit is here with us, inside of us. If you're a born-again child of God, the Holy Spirit indwells you. Now, there's another step to that, which is an infilling of the Holy Spirit, and that's, that's another message for another time. But even today, when God and Jesus wants something done upon this earth, he says, you do it. And that's what he tells his disciples here. He says, you give them something to eat. And they they looked around. Why? With what? How are we going to do that? What do we do? How, How do we do that? What do you do when God tells you to do something that you don't have the resources to do? (laughs) What do you do when God tells you to give? I'll tell you what's happened to me before. God's told me to give something away and I didn't have it. (laughs) What? What do you do? Some of you have probably been in that situation before. He says you feed them, give them something to eat. You do it. You see, Jesus knew what they had before he said this. He knew they didn't have much. He knew there was only five loaves and two fish there. He knew they they didn't have enough to feed 5,000, not counting the women and the children. So here's my point. God knows what you have, and he knows what you don't have. And he also, when he asks you to do something, he also knows what you need to accomplish that. All right? So, here's what you do. Whenever God asks you to do something, and you don't have the resources, and you might not even have the talent, but you know that God is asking you and telling you to do that. Here's what you do. You say, you go to God and you say, I'm not going to do it without you, God. God. I can't do it without you, God. I am leaning. You might even say, this is what I'd say. Okay, God, but this is all on you. (laughs) I can't do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going to God and say, God, I can't do it unless you help me. I can't do it unless you show me how. I can't do it unless you give me the resources. I can't do it unless you direct me. That's what you do. So when God knocks on your heart and he gives you something to do, he gives you a vision to or something or or something to do or some way of reaching out, let's let's say that you that you're timid or you're shy. And God says, Go over and talk to that big bad guy over there. What do you do? Okay, God, but this is all on you. Or God could give you a son like Ori. Either way would work. I swear. From the time Ori got saved until now, even now, we'll go to a restaurant, we'll go walk anywhere we go, I swear, Ori goes up to the biggest, meanest looking guy there and says, you go to church? <laughs> yeah, that's like the third word out of his mouth. You go to church. And if they say no, you know what he says? Why not? That's really a good question. Why not? So, when the Lord taps on your heart and he wants you to do something that you don't have the strength for or the faith for or the resources for, you say, okay, Lord, this is all on you. And I encourage you to do that with your tithes and offerings. If you feel like you don't have, you just can't do it. And you feel like you just don't know how it would work out. Trust God. Amen. Say, okay, Lord, I will. <laughs> hey, but if I, if I lose everything, this is all on you. You know, there, there are, there's even churches, and I've never considered doing this, and I never will. There are some churches that tell their, their congregants that if you pay your tithes for one year, and at the end of that year, if you want your tithes back and you feel like it, it didn't, you wasn't more blessed by doing that, they'll give you your tithes back. It sounds good in the, in the natural, I mean, you know, that would be an, in, be an incentive, right? But the, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the problem is, see, if we did that, it wouldn't be by faith. It, it wouldn't be obeying God, it'd be obeying your church. And where your blessings is, is when we obey God and we step out in faith, even though we don't, we we don't see it at the end of the month. But let me tell you, let me just tell you some things that I have learned. If you wait until the end of the month to pay your tithes, you'll never have none left over. That's why, that's why God says you don't bring the end of it. You always bring the first. You always bring the first. And if you'll bring the first, and I'll I'll show you this in scripture in just a minute. If you'll bring the 1st All the rest that you have left over, it'll be blessed. Amen. Amen. It's true. It's true. All right, so verse 17. Let's look at verse 17. Remember, Jesus just told his disciples, disciples, his followers, he just told them, he said, you give them something to eat. Verse 17, and they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them to me. God tells us that in Malachi every Sunday. He says, bring your tithes into the storehouse. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying, just bring that, bring that to me. He says, what do you have? He's, they say, we don't have, we don't have. See, in their eyes, it was hardly nothing. Five loaves and two fish, 5,000 people, 10,000 people. In their eyes, it meant nothing because it wouldn't feed even one family. But if Jesus could just get him to bring it to me, and if God can just get us to bring it to him, let's go on and and see what. You know, this was really a a silly comment when they they spoke of this. Let's Let's go on and see what it says. Jesus said, bring it to me. And then verse 19, ordering the people to sit down around them he took the five loaves and two fish and looking upward toward heaven, he blessed the food, breaking the loaves and gave it to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the crowd. All right, now now notice what happened here. Now, sometimes we just go way too fast. Now, notice this. He ordered the people to sit down upon the grass, right? And then, look what he done. He took the loaves, and the two fish, and he looked up toward heaven, and he blessed the food. Let me tell you why paying your tithes and giving your offerings is so powerful. Because when you bring it to God, what happens is, is he blesses it. He takes it, he blesses it, and then it goes so much further. Let, let, let's, let's go on. Verse 19. He blessed it and broke the loaves and he gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the crowd. Verse 20, and they all ate and were satisfied and they picked up what was left over, 12 baskets full. So notice this, how powerful this is. When it comes to giving to the Lord, you get out of the natural realm. You get out of the curse that's upon this earth. You get out of the curse. Malachi 3.11, it says that if when we bring our tithe to the storehouse, it says that God will rebuke the devourer upon your finances. So here's what happened. They brought the five loaves and the two fish to Jesus, and he blessed it. And then he fed the 5,000. And I truly think that those 5,000, they represents all the needs of that day. Are there any needs here today? Of course there is. Are there any needs in Wayne County? Of course there is. In Flores, Centralia, all around, there's needs everywhere. So see, they brought the loaves and the fish to Jesus. He blessed it. And after he blessed it, he took care of all the needs. That's what happens to your tithes and offerings when you bring them to the church. That's what happens. Thousands of people's needs get met. But it don't stop there. That's not where it ends. After you bring your tithes and offerings, just like they brought the loaves to to Jesus, it doesn't stop there. He received it. He blessed it. He blessed the multitude and then he says, oh yeah, and by the way, since you was obedient and gave it to me, here's 12 baskets full. And I'm sure the disciples are thinking, whoa, 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 wait, wait just a minute, now how does this work? We only had five loaves and two fish and now we got 12 baskets full. That's how God works. He don't want to take all of your money. He does not need your money, but you need to give it. If you want God to receive it, to bless it, to bless those around you and then give you back more than you gave him. Woohoo! <laughs> and let me tell you, this is a side note. The church don't need your money. We are blessed. Praise God, because of faithful givers, we are blessed. But let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there that we're in contact with. They need your money. They need you to bring your tithe to the storehouse so that he can feed the multitudes. Amen. Amen. Malachi 3.11, it says that he will rebuke the devourer. And then it says, for us. That's who... He rebukes and he for when we bring our tithes unto the storehouse. So really, here, here, here's, the, here's the situation. Here's the deal. <clears throat> now, I know there's a lot of smart people in this room. I know that. I know that. I, I've, I've experienced some of that. So here, here's the situation. Let me break it down for you. You can keep your 100%, but you have to deal with the Curse. You can deal with the 100%, but it's all on you. It's all on you. It's up to you to make sure your bills are paid and everything goes, goes, goes okay. Or you can live on 90% and let God be involved. You can live on 90% and let him watch out for you and protect you and rebuke the devour. The choice is ours. The choice is ours. It's up, to, it's up to us what we do. Verse 20, and they ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets full. He blesses it, bless those around you, and returns it to us. Now, let me just point a couple more things out. The followers of Jesus... Of that day. Are there any followers here today? Yeah. There is. Well, the followers of Jesus' day. If you look. If you got your Bibles. Go ahead and look in verse 15 one more time. Verse 15. This is where we started. It says, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place. And the hour is already late. There's some of you probably here. You're in a desolate place. And you think, it's too late for me. It's too late for my finances. I'm filing bankruptcy tomorrow. Well, no, it's not. Because here, these, these people here was in a docile place, and it was late in the evening, and they had no other choice except trust Jesus. And that's where some of you might be. There's believers here today. We know that. Some of you might be in a dry place. Some of you might be in a docile place. But let me tell you, if you will be obedient unto God... And trust in him. He will lead you and guide you, and he'll lead you and guide you in victory. All they had was five loaves and two fish, and that wasn't enough. And for most of us, for most of us, I will say, our paychecks are not enough. Has anybody noticed that? It seems like every week. Yeah, that's right. We know this is something that we realized as, as, a, as believers a long time ago. You know, it didn't matter if I got a raise or if I got three or four raises. It wasn't enough. But just thank goodness, at, right after we got saved, I had a pastor, Pastor Bill Clark, that taught us the value of paying your tithes. And I can't tell you how many conversations me and my wife have had Where at the end of the month, we're like, I don't know. How'd that happen? I I don't know how that happened. how did we pay over? I don't know, but we got, they're all paid. How many times we've had that conversation? Hmm. They chose to obey Jesus. And they took what they had and they gave it to them. They gave it to him and he blessed it, fed the multitudes and then gave back more than they had. And that's what God wants us to do. You know, uh, let me let me in, in closing. I'm almost done. Stay with me just to, just another moment. There's one more area, and I certainly don't want to offend anybody, but I'm extremely sincere when I say this. I've I've never understood. How we could put our faith in Jesus Christ for eternity, but we had trouble trusting him with 10 percent. I've always had trouble understanding that mindset. And literally I, and really, it comes down to a faith issue. So I encourage you to, re, to read, read this scripture today in the next week or so. And I want to encourage you to do this, too. Now, I know this is like, and that's what I told the Lord this, I said, Lord, this Christmas time, this is the worst time in the year to, <clears throat> to encourage people to start paying their tithes. So here's what you do. Here's what you do. Wait until you set a date. Wait until February or March. But talk it over with your spouse. If you have a spouse, talk it over. And you guys be in agreement in this and set a date. And when that first date rolls around, that you end up act on it. And just see if God will not pour out a blessing that you contain. Amen. 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 Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today, Father. And we thank you, Father, for for your word and for leading us, guiding us, us, Father. And Father, we thank you that every area of our life is important to you. Father, we know that if it's important to us, it's important to you. And Father, we all know how important the finances are in our life. And that's why you want to be a part of them. You want to be in the middle of our finances. And Heavenly Father, I just pray for this congregation here today that... They will receive these words in the spirit that it was given, Father, that that I just want the, the best for them, and I want the blessings of God to be active in their life. And Father, that's the reason I preach the precepts of your word. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.